you have your Bibles this morning, I want to open to Ephesians chapter 4. We're going to look there. Zig Ziglar once told the story of going to Washington, D.C., and he was visiting the Washington Monument. And he said when he approached the monument, there was this long line. So he walked up to the front to hear what the guide was saying. And the guide announced that there would be a two-hour wait to ride the elevator to the top of the monument. And with a smile on his face, the guide said, but there's no one waiting to go to the top if you're willing to take the stairs. <laughs> you know, if you go to Wall Street and ask the question, what is the secret of greatness? They'll say money and lots of it. If you ask Washington the secret of greatness, they'll say political clout. If you ask Hollywood the secret of greatness, they'll say fame. But the greatest man who ever lived, Jesus, had a different answer. He said, whoever wants to be great must be a servant to others. Success and greatness in the kingdom of God is far different than what it is on this planet. In the kingdom of God, there's no easy way. There's no elevator to the top. To get to the top in God's eyes, you've got to take the stairs of service. And Jesus said in Mark 10, 45, For even I didn't come to be served, but to serve others and give my life as a ransom for many. The secret to greatness in the kingdom of God is not how many servants do you have, it's what kind of servant you are. And you remember the story in John chapter 13? Uh, Jesus and his disciples, they were in the upper room, it was for the Last Supper. And he approaches his disciples and they were surprised to see the towel wrapped around his waist and he was carrying this basin of water. And Jesus washed their feet. And that was a job that was reserved for the lowest of the lowest servant on the totem pole. So let me ask you this question. Are you more interested in being served in the church? Or are you more interested in being a servant in the church? There was a first grade teacher asked her class this question. What do you do to help out at home? And one by one, the kids would answer. One, one girl said, I dry the dishes. And one boy said, I feed the dog. And another said, I sweep the floor. And everybody was giving answers except this little boy in the back. And so the teacher called on him and said, Johnny, what do you do to help out at home? And he said, oh, I just try to stay out of the way. <laughs> you know, there are far too many church members in the church that just try to stay out of the way. A Gallup poll discovered only about 10% of church members are active in any kind of personal ministry in their church. What's even more amazing is 50% of church members said they have no interest in, interest in serving in the church at all. See, I believe that every member of the church is a minister and every member should be involved in the ministry. And let me just warn you that there's really no excuse for a saint refusing to serve. So let me share with you today four reasons why you should determine to become the servant God wants you to be, to get involved in the ministry that God has for you. Because you see, these last few weeks we've been talking about the building blocks, the foundation of the church, and, and this is a big building block. This is a big foundation of service. And it begins here. First, a sovereign God expects me to minister to others. Well, let's look at our scripture this morning. Hebrews, or I'm sorry, Ephesians 4, verse 11. It was he who gave some to be apostles, some to be prophets, some to be evangelists, and some to be pastors and teachers to prepare God's people for works of service 
so the body of Christ may be built up. See, verse 11 lists those different areas, right? Uh, Some to be apostles and prophets and evangelists and pastors and teachers. And then verse 12 tells us why we have the apostles and the prophets and evangelists and pastors and teachers. Verse 12 says it's to prepare God's people for works of service. You were created for ministry. Earlier in Ephesians, Paul said this in Ephesians 2, We are God's workmanship, created in Christ Jesus to do good works. Ministry and service are the very reason of our existence. And everything created by God was created for a purpose, including you. God designed you to make a difference. God made you the way that you are so that you could do what He wants you to do. And the reason that God makes you different is so that you can make a difference. That's why you were created. You were called to ministry. You know, the call to salvation and the call to service are identical. When Jesus first met his disciples beside the Sea of Galilee, this is what he said. Come, be my disciples, and I will show you how to be fishers of men. You see, there was the call to salvation, be my disciples, and there was the call to service, fishers of men. Every Christian has been called to minister. Every Christian has been called to ministry. Now, that doesn't mean that every Christian is called to be a pastor or or work full-time in a church. But every Christian is called to full-time Christian service. Romans 7 verse 4 says this, Now you belong to Him in order that we might be useful in the service of God. Every Christian is to serve the Lord full-time. In God's ministry, there's no part-timers, no half-days, no holidays, no nine-to-five rules. You don't get to go on strike. And in God's ministry, you don't get to retire. Second reason, saving grace enables me to minister to others. 2 Timothy 1.9 says this, It is God who saved us and chose us for His holy work. Holy work there simply refers to ministry. And you'll find in the Bible the word ministry is the same as service. A servant in the Bible is simply a minister, and a minister is simply a servant. You know, one of the most misunderstood words of our day, I think, is minister. Because people use it as a synonym for someone who's ordained. But when you do that, you reveal this misunderstanding of what the word really means. See, the word minister derives from the Latin word, which means servant, based on the root word minus, or less. So technically, a minister is someone of lesser rank or status who simply wants to serve and not be served. You were saved to serve. You were not saved to sit and soak and sour. I mean, think about this way. Why doesn't God just take you to heaven the moment you're saved? Right? You, you confess your, your salvation is in, is in Jesus and you're baptized into Him. And well, why aren't you immediately taken into heaven? Well, I think the explanation is because He has ministry for you to do. He wants you to serve. And why does God want you in a church? Because He wants you to minister in the church. Why does God bring needy people to you in your life during the week? It's so you can minister outside of the church. 
See, contrary to what a lot of faiths teach, we don't believe that you are saved by service. But I do believe that you are saved for service. Third reason. Spiritual guides equip me to minister to others. Can, can I tell you this is probably my favorite part of this message? Because I want to show you what God expects out of me and I want to show you what God expects out of you. So, so listen carefully one more time to our scripture, Ephesians 4, verse 11. It was he who gave some to be apostles, some to be prophets, some to be evangelists, some to be pastors, some to be teachers, to prepare God's people for works of service so the body of Christ may be built up. See, what you have here is in effect a job description for both the pastor and the people. See, it is God's people who must assume the work of ministry. In other words, I'm not here to do the ministry of the church. I'm here to give my ministry to the church. And there's a huge difference. The ministry of the church doesn't belong to the pastor. It belongs to the people. Which leads to truth number two. My number one job is to equip you to do the work of the ministry. I mean, did you catch that? God gave some to be apostles and prophets and evangelists and pastors and teachers. And why did he do that? Well, he did that so that they would prepare God's people for works of service. My job is to equip you to do the works of service, the work of ministry. I mean, some people have the idea that the pastor serves the church and does the ministry of the church. But if I did the ministry of the church, I wouldn't be serving you. I'd be crippling you. Because I would not only be neglecting what I'm supposed to be doing, I would be neglecting what we are supposed to be doing. You know, someone said the first Reformation put the Word of God back into the hands of the people of God. And so maybe we need a second Reformation that places the work of God uh, back into the hands of the people of God. See, listen to what I'm about to say because I think it will determine the future for our church. When you read the New Testament, you never find these words. Committees, majority rule, boards, parliamentary processes, business meetings, anything like that. Too many churches impose these secular forms of government on themselves and they get bogged down in all this bureaucracy. But the most crucial decision any church will ever face is this. Who is going to do the ministry of the church? And if we are going to be what God wants us to be, it starts by each and every one of us serving Him. Fourthly, supernatural gifts empower me to minister to others. God has given you the equipment to do the ministry of the church. It's called spiritual gifts. Romans 12.6 God has given each of us the ability to do certain things well. <laughs> each Christian is gifted. Now we don't all have the same gifts, but we are all equally gifted in the sense that God has given each of us the abilities and the gifts that we need to do what He wants us to do in the body of Christ. And God never wastes anything. 
every spiritual gift, every natural ability that you have, God gave it to you to be used in ministry. Each of you received a, a gift to use to serve others. 1 Peter 4.10 Spiritual gifts have not been given for your enjoyment. <laughs> They've been given for His employment. You know, i got to tell you, I'm still a kid when it comes to Christmas. I love the Christmas season. I love the lights and I love the decorations and, and I still get a charge of seeing all the presents wrapped underneath the tree. But you know, I've learned something. No matter how much you pay for a gift, if it remains unopened, it's worthless. See, I as your pastor, I'm determined to help you discover your gifts that God has given you. To develop your gifts, to deploy your gifts to serving others. Because I found that there are two reasons that church members get frustrated and irritated and lose interest. Either one, they've never discovered their spiritual gifts. They don't know what it is. Or two, they've discovered it and they're either not using it or they're using it in the wrong place. See, make sure that whatever you are doing in the church, two things are true. Number one, you have the ability and the giftedness to do it. And number two, you have the passion to do it. So can I close this morning? I just want to take, have you take these two thoughts home with you. First, the church needs your involvement in ministry. KV Christian Church needs you involved in this ministry. Have you ever thought about something as simple as a pencil? And did you know that not one, no one human being knows enough to simply make one lead pencil? I mean, think about it. For this pencil to become a pencil, somebody had to know how to mine the graphite. Someone else had to know how to process the wood. Someone else had to know how to manufacture the, the paint. Someone else had to know how to produce the rubber. Someone else had to know how to put it all together. Someone else had to be able to market it and distribute it and sell it. It takes a lot of people. And if that's true for something as simple as a pencil, think about how true it is for the church. I mean, it takes more than just me, the minister, to serve this church in our community. It takes more than just me and, and Pat and Roger and Larry and the board to, to serve this church and this community. It takes each and every one of us using our unique God-given talents and gifts if we're going to be effective in serving our community. The second thought I want you to take home with you is this. Ask God, if you don't already have it, to give you the attitude of a servant. Because honestly, it's against our very nature to serve others. I mean, the average person goes to a church and they ask this question, how can this church meet my needs? What can this church do for me? How can it help my family? But when you get to that stage of maturity where you begin to ask, how can I be used in this church? And how can I meet the needs of others? That's when everything changes. Incidentally, let me just tell you who's going to meet your needs. When, when you begin to worry about the needs of others and helping others, God will take care of your needs. So, you know, we, we as a nation in this time, we're so obsessed with living as long as we can. 
right? So we do everything from watching what we eat and exercising and taking vitamins. And <laughs> but you know what matters is it's not how long you live. What matters is how you live. It's not the duration of your life that matters. It's the donation of your life that counts. See, do you know what God is looking for in the church? Servants. I, I think I've said this before, but someone once asked Leonard Bernstein, the late New York Symphony conductor, what is the most difficult position in the orchestra? And without hesitation, he said, second fiddle. And they said, why? Is, why is playing second chair violin so much tougher than the piccolo or the bassoon or anything else? He said, well, it's not tougher. It's just everybody wants to be first chair. See, people that want to be chief are a dime a dozen. But people that want to be the Indian, those are rare. So let me just ask, as we close this morning, do you need to say... Lord, here I am. I am at your service. And you need to surrender your heart and your will and your life over to Him. If you desire to give Him your life, if you desire to surrender your gifts and abilities to, to serve His church, to serve our community, come. Come up after church and talk to me. Call me. Stop by the church and see me. There's no better day than today to say, Lord, here I am. I am at your service. Use me. Let's pray. Father God, I thank you. I thank you for this church. God, I thank you for each and every individual that is here. To you placed us here together to use the gifts and the talents that you have given us so that we can work together for your kingdom. So help us, Lord, to be at your service every day so that more will come to know you. And we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.